it's easy to quit. Everyone's a quitter. Everyone loves to quit. It's the easiest thing to do. But are you going to be the person that is not going to quit? First and foremost, my name is Paul Macanado. I was born and raised from the Philippines, um, in the island of Pahol. So I moved here in Connecticut when I was 11 years old. Um, my the first uh, grade I, I came here was fourth grade. I started school here. And um, back back home, you know, sports was a big thing, but football was never like, like I could have never imagine I would like be in this you know journey playing football whatsoever. Um, so basically, when uh, my my mom moved here uh, to the Americas, um, so so as me and my two mother sisters, and you know, coming here in fourth grade, it was a culture shock because you know I had no idea, like any anyone at all. Like I had no friends. Like I, I didn't know anyone except my sister and my mom, and you know, <laughs> just like media family. So. So I remember fourth grade, my first day of class, dude. I was so nervous just going in. I'm like, I was like, I like, I my English was still like on and off. I had to take um uh I don't know if you know what ESL is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the language I had to take that for three years and whatnot. So it was it was pretty cool though, and uh, transition was definitely like crazy for me. But eventually, I just made friends coming in, uh, when I moved here in the U.S. So. Mm -hmm. So obviously now you have your sights set on playing professionally, being the first Filipino, full-blooded Filipino to play in the NFL um, or CFO professionally anywhere. But I want to like, I want to take this step-by-step. Step. So let's, let's go back to the Philippines. Absolutely. Are your, are your parents athletes have like, did they push you towards athletics in any way or how did you even get into football? Was it when you got to the U S so yeah, what yeah, was the first crazy. time you saw football? <laughs> oh, so the first time I saw football was, uh, I remember it was 2007. Uh, my uncle took me to a um, Jets versus Falcons uh, preseason game. And I had no idea what was going on, man. So once we stepped out of the stadium, I'm like, holy cow, like, this is awesome. I watched the game. Like, it was only preseason at the time. But, you know, like, just being that, you know, like, um, environment was awesome. And from then, like, I kind of just, like, started learning more and more football and like I started playing Madden like I think my first Madden game was Madden 08 when Vince Young was in the cover mm -hmm. and it was pretty it was pretty awesome you know just learning like um about football back then um so my parents um there, there's no no one's an athlete in my family whatsoever um you know as a Filipino everyone's either a nurse or working in the healthcare industry whatever. you know there's always mm -hmm. that uh, stereotype you know they always work in the healthcare industry as a Filipino <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so I, I no one's an athlete i'm also the tallest in my family the next person that's probably like the tallest in my family is like five six five seven i'm about mm -hmm. like five eleven six in the day i guess okay but, um, so yeah um that's how like it kind of started with football for me and from then on i just started um you know loving the game when you were when you were in the philippines did you play any sports were you playing soccer no, absolutely not. I, I played no sport whatsoever. The only sport I basically did was I just did like a um like a long distance running. That's about it. Okay. So like cross country style. Was that for like your school or um yeah, it was for my school. We had like um like an event every 
couple of times a year where we would run like marathons and whatnot, but it wasn't like a cross country track and field kind of thing. So, so you, so you said you moved over here when you were in, you were in fourth grade, right? Yeah. How old were your siblings? Um, so my sibling at that time was my younger one was five. And then my older one was 17, 18, and she graduated high school back home. And then she um, transitioned to college here in the U.S. Okay. So then she was a year behind. So everyone, everyone kind of met up in the U S or did she go to uh, Connecticut, right? That's where you guys settled down. Yes. Did she go to college in Connecticut Yes. or was, so, okay. Yeah. So she eventually went to nursing school here in Connecticut and then um, that's how uh, she basically moved from there. Okay. Okay. So what was, I mean, you talked a little bit about it, but I want to get that, you know, earlier experience of, you know, landing, in the U.S., right. fourth grade, right, not speaking the language. What was the hardest thing for you to do? Um, I guess we could start there. What was what was the, like the biggest learning curve for you? I would say just meeting new people. Um, mm -hmm. Like I was so nervous coming in um, at first because like I didn't know how people were here in the U.S. Um, you know, just seeing like um, just seeing all all sorts of. Um, different kinds of kids from different backgrounds, you know, um, whether it's it's someone that came from another country or someone that was born here and raised. So um, definitely like trying to get friends back then was pretty hard for me. But eventually what got me like to be more comfortable was in a recess, you know, like, mm -hmm. I would join, you know, I would join when people play football, like tag or whatever it may be. So it was it was a cool experience. Definitely. Sports, sports have that interesting yeah, effect. Absolutely. <clears throat> Brings people together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did you, you know, you went to the game, the football game, you know, it sparked that. How old were you when that happened? Uh, 11. You were 11. Okay. So how fast did that take over your life? Were yeah. you just, after you saw it, were you like, all right, I'm just, you know, like watching videos on it, playing it every, every second you can get, or was it like a slow burn where it's. Oh, uh, it was fast. Like I remember okay. after watching that game and then I just kept up with football. And then that was the year when the Patriots almost went undefeated. Mm -hmm. So eventually I kind of became a Patriots fan, you know, as <laughs> here. and then when they lost the Giants, dude, I was like crying. I'm like, what am I crying for? I just my first, uh, first year watching football. So it was hilarious. And then um, moving on from there, I, I became a big Tom Brady fan. And then it's crazy that he's still playing mm -hmm. now. And, you know, my first year I came here in the U.S. But um, anyhow, yeah, so uh, it, it was just cool, you know, like the whole experience. Um with, with trying to learn football, whether it's with Madden, whether it's with um, YouTube back then. Um, it used to be uh, a big hit back then. Mm -hmm. and also just, you know, watching the games. Did, how, did Madden have a big influence? Were you looking at plays in Madden and, like, learning about reads and calls and different, you know, routes and defensive, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely it was. Um, so, like, I – uh, I think man, oh wait, they had a mode where you could become a superstar, like you could become yeah. a player. And, like, uh -huh. I was like, holy cow, this is cool. Like <laughs> this is like like out of this world kind of mode kind of thing. So that was a big um influence back then. I wanted to play receiver and then for some reason I switched to defense. So <laughs> what when <clears throat> I'm interested to hear this. So for us, it's like 
especially from football, it's pretty much a part of our culture. So like you're taught to just love it from the beginning. But as somebody who just came over here, what drew you to it? Was it like the atmosphere? Was it like hitting? Was it scoring touchdowns? Like what specifically made you fall in love with the game? I think it's just the fact that, you know, I can make an impact in people's lives. Um, like um, our, our biggest idol back home was Manny Pacquiao. And being an athlete, you know, like she yeah. from a country like um, the Philippines, there's no, not too many people to look up to and it's kind of crazy because um the more i learned about football it kind of just drew me in closer and um my first year ever playing football was actually in pop born in eighth grade and i didn't want to play football back then at all like i was like that'd be a waste of time whatever but i still loved it well it was my friends that kind of convinced me to play eighth grade pop warner um because they saw how good i was like how athletic i was i'm like all right i'll give it a try so that's where football kind of started for me where I started playing. Have your were your parents a little bit hesitant, you know, seeing all the injuries that happened in football? Was your mom a little bit like, eh, maybe we gotta wait a few years? Or was she all she was yeah. she was for it? Absolutely. I had to like I had to like literally convince her I'm like, come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is I've been here in the US for a couple of years now. I think it's time for me to search something that I'm was it's better than boxing. Right, it's true. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Manny. Man, so, is you know, I guess it's not really good. It's an obvious question, but is Manny like who are the other notable athletes that have come out of the Philippines other than Manny Pacquiao recently? Um. So for me, like all I know is Manny Pacquiao has always been the biggest. Yeah. But, like, there's always been, like, a partial Filipino that's a big influence back home. Like, Jalen Green, I've always been hearing that uh, for the Rockets, he's partial Filipino. His grandma was. Um, mm-hmm. He's always, like, representing the Philippines. And, yeah, that's about it, like, from what, what I'm hearing. So, like, the biggest thing for me was, you know, just watching uh, Pacquiao fight. I'm like, dang it. Imagine if like I could play football one day and like people back home could see. So like it was just it's just a cool experience. Yeah. So let's let's keep going with the story then. So you start in Pop Warner. Mm-hmm. Did you instantly see some success? Like were you really talented at it? And then walk us through like high school because you saw a lot of success in high school. So right. what what was that progress like? So high school transitioning to high school was a little wonky to me because. Um, so my first two years in high school, I ended up going to an automotive school, um, you know, just learning about cars, how to, you know, the basics about cars, because back then my father wanted me to go that way to that route instead of football. So, but the crazy thing is I played, um, the school that I went to was a technical school. And then I started varsity right away for them, a freshman year and then sophomore year. And then the coaches obviously saw how you know, talented I was. I didn't think I would take football that serious. And then there's another high school um, that was across the street called Ansonia High School. Um, they've always been winning games, uh, state championships here and there. So the coach at that high school always wanted me to play for them. But at the time, my father wanted me to go to a different route. So I kind of talked to my mom. Like, hey, mom, like, I really want to play football. I think I, I want to pursue it in college. So, um, you know, like, can you please help me with my um, – like transfer um you know process and she was like yes but like you know my father at the time we didn't have the best relationship and he wanted everything his way kind of so um 
my mom kind of snuck me out of that school and <laughs> transcript to Insonia High School. And from there, we, we just took off at the other school. Shout That's out awesome. to mom. Yeah, yeah, shout out mom. For <laughs> sure. um, okay, so then the transfer hits. Mm-hmm. What does your dad? What does your dad say once he figures out what's going on? So, um, back then, um, you know, my father and my family like started losing to have uh, this relationship, mm-hmm. and then um, she started to not be as supportive with football at all. And then my mom's always been there for me. Um, she has no idea what's going on with football though, but she's always supported every move that I have. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, so junior year, it hits. Um, I had to sit out five games because of the transfer rule back then, which is crazy in high school. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I got my opportunity. I played varsity right away for them. And that year, uh, we went number one in the state. Um, in the 10 games that I played, I had 12 sacks. And then um, we also won, I think it was like 42 games in a row. What from previously and, and into that year so. We were undefeated, so it was a great experience, you know, just going from a technical school all the way to like a winning program, and um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Both sacks. Are you middle linebacker? Uh, back back then, I used to play uh, middle linebacker. Yes. Okay. What back are you playing back. now? What's the spot <clears throat> now? Safety. Moving forward, uh, I'm moving forward since last year. I lost forty five pounds, and I wanted to transition to uh like the in the box safety kind of thing because okay. I. Uh-huh. Um, the game is changing. It's all about speed. Um, I see a lot of um, you know, hybrid safeties these days. And for me, I think to be, you know, to get picked up, um, I think it's it's important for me to really play different kinds of situational um, position or whatever team may need me. This is a random question, but do you remember <laughs> in your whole career the hardest hit you've ever hit somebody? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I've always wanted to ask football players that. What could you walk us through that? I love hearing like right. the the so, glory days. So my junior year, actually, um, we played this team, and um, it was the team that we also played in the state championship. But this running back um, did a dive play right into the B gap, and I was a linebacker at the time. So what happened was I saw him right away. And there's a video actually, it's on the Instagram. And then <laughs> I met up with him. Um, so my helmet went up his chin and then absolutely jarred the ball out. And like, I did like a suplex on him. And, like, I, re- I remember I remember the next day reading up in the newspaper, they're like, yeah, man, like you could hear his hit from like the highway or something. It was pretty <laughs> so um, definitely I was known to be, I, I was known to be a hard hitter back in high school. So that's always been a part of me. Hell yeah. <laughs> so what, um, walk me through the recruiting process. How did you get to, you started Sacred Heart? Yes, I did. Okay. So how did you get from there, from high school to Sacred Heart? So um, Sacred Heart, I started talking to them after, um, well, actually, I started talking to them the summer before senior year hit. Mm-hmm. And then senior year to me wasn't my strongest because at the time the uh my high school team needed someone to play someone like in the O line, and we only had like twenty five, twenty eight kids. It was a tiny, tiny team, and then for us to go like number one in the state was like amazing. But you know, I was voted captain, all the sorts of stuff, and my coaches, the coaches were like expecting big things from me. 
and they wanted me to play O-line. So um, I went from being 190 junior year to 240 senior year, having to gain all that weight because playing O-line and then also playing linebacker. But uh, that took a big hit in terms of um, my uh, you know, stamina, endurance, and technique-wise as a linebacker. So it wasn't my strongest year, um, senior year. And um, recruiting-wise, uh, senior year, I didn't really have um, any looks at all, which is surprising to me because I thought I had a um, successful junior and senior year like combined. Um, so I didn't have any D3, no D2, no D1 scholarship offers at all. No schools contacted me, which is crazy. And the only school like that I really heard of was Sacred Heart at the time. And it was like, literally like, it was a month before signing day. And like, they were like, yeah, like we don't see you as our, as a scholarship athlete for us, but we do have a uh, walk-on spot for you to come in. And like, they were the only team that really responded back, even as a walk-on out of all like hundreds and hundreds of emails that I, uh, I sent out to coaches. So how did that process work then? You show up on campus. Cause I'm not, I like, I'm not familiar with the walk-on situation. Um, Right. How does that how does that work? Do you show up and practice with the team? Is there a trial before practices start for the season? What does that look like? So basically as a walk on back then, um they had we had to wait or I had to wait until summer um for them to tell me whether I was going to camp or not. Mm -hmm. And then at the time, um I was also able to go work out with the team during the summer. So I took full advantage of that. I went there every single day to work out with the team. Um, Cause I think it was you know, a great thing to, you know, get comfortable with the environment and also seeing all the um, uh, players I would um, eventually play with. So mm -hmm. I did that and then they brought me into camp and then um, like, it was a whole different world for me in terms of, you know, like, we had a simple playbook in high school. I think we only ran like six or seven like blitz packet. Like we only had six or seven blitz package, but you know, in college it was like I looked at the playbook and like, holy cow, like this is gonna take like months for me to learn. So Yeah, yeah. a lot of Madden. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, a lot of Madden, all that stuff. So um so yeah, eventually they were like, Yeah, you could come into camp uh this summer, uh, as an early they call it an early um uh an early uh camp player so I just wanted mm -hmm. to okay um so then how does the rest of the season pan out is it give give an idea to those like for example a high schooler that maybe in the same situation as you what is that what should he brace for if he's in a walk-on position I would say just be the hardest worker in the team man like you know you already know that you don't have a scholarship so just show up early really just be a dog um that's what that's why I did. I just continued to show up no matter what. If I was in the scout team, I'd try and make plays and um whether it's in the weight room, I tried to just like they call it sometimes some sometimes people say it's overachieving, but like for me, I've always liked to hit high numbers in the weight room or whether it's testing or whatever it may be. So that you know, my goal was always to be like we used to call it the third a week, you know, like so that was always been my goal to just keep doing that as a walk-on because you know like I, I wasn't on scholarship at all and then eventually I found out like beginning of the season that I was gonna get redshirted so that's what that's why I kind of bought into the table mm -hmm. I mean 
I think it's a little unfair to say an overachiever if you're a walk-on. You kind of have to be in order to yeah. prove yourself, you know. So exactly. yeah, yeah, definitely. So is that so? I think this is the time when you had the family issues and had to step away, or was that at East Carolina? Yeah, so it was after. Um, so after my first year at Sacred Heart, I had some family issues, and then mm-hmm. my mom and I and my grandma moved around like three, four different times, and then. I remember after my freshman year in Sacred Heart, I asked them like, "Hey, can you guys do anything for me financially?" And they were just like, "No, we can't do it." You know, like, and then they also told me that I wasn't going back to camp, so I eventually had to leave. And then at the time, like, um, with the family issues, like, it was already too late for me to play somewhere else. So I just completely took sophomore year off, and I took some some of the um basic classes that I needed for my major um online or like one or two classes at a um at a college goes by but that's what i did and then also i tried to continue on with my recruiting process like sent emails to coaches and all sorts of stuff so so how did you end up at east carolina then did you did a coach reach back out to you yeah so um that they were basically the only coach that um, i mean coaching staff and team that also reached back out to me that time for like a walk-on potential spot so they're like yeah like you come in um you're, you're gonna go through the whole walk-on process and uh you're gonna register because back then the transfer rule transfer rule was also in effect but i've always questioned that because i didn't play my sophomore year so i don't know why i still had to sit out but i yeah rolled with it i just rolled with it and it, it was all a mess yeah so it was a mess back then so i had to sit out that junior year too so I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I'll go and get comfortable with the camp. So, so how did that year go? And then, was, and then how? It was a how disaster. Did... I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It was a disaster. Um, I went in there. I started this. I I started the semester hot. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, I started my GPA at like close to four zero that semester, and then I was ready to go. And then the coaching staff were like, yeah, um, you know. Before you actually join a team, we want to see um, how you've been doing. Like, we got to test you out, this and that. I'm like, okay, no problem at all. So I tested, and then they were like, okay, we'll reach back out to you whether we're going to bring you in for spring. And then a week later, they were like, all right, actually, like, we found a couple more guys at linebacker that wanted to transfer in, so we're not going to be able to bring you in for spring. So I'm like, damn, like, yeah, hitting me. So I was just so depressed, man. Like mentally, I had a mental breakdown. I didn't go to class for a month and a half. My GPA went down from like a three nine all the way to a one eight, and then I ended up the semester with a one eight. And I was just like, like so depressed, man. I, I remember that time, and I was like, all right, like, what is there to do now? You know, and like moving on forward, what is there to do? Like, do I stay here, finish my undergrad here, or like, do I want to continue to keep transferring and transferring? And, you know, so because there were no teams that wanted me at all because I didn't have a film. And the only film I had was high school and it was already two years after. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So what, I mean, you're obviously doing great now. So what advice do you have for kids that might be in that same situation where they're not, you know, feeling down about themselves, whether it's high school or college? Right. How did you, how did you get over that hump to then, you know, be as driven as you are today? What advice would you give to them? I would just say just stay the course. You know, I it, every day is different, and 
if you continue to have that drive and hunger that you're eventually going to see the field and you know achieve your goals and your dreams just continue to have that drive because you'll never know like when the opportunity will come Mm -hmm. so when so that opportunity eventually did come right because you ended up at penn state correct yes so how did that how did that work out so i eventually decided to you know stay at east carolina and then i graduated um a year after so technically i graduated college in three years because um it's always been my mom's dream for me to finish college so like i was like all right like i gotta do this for mom we finish college early so i could play somewhere else for grad school so 2019 summer uh, moving on forward um i had a friend um that played for penn state he's a quarterback for kentucky now uh, will levis so um you know that time like i didn't have any connections whatsoever except the guys that i trained with here in connecticut and i contacted him like hey man they can i is there a possible way i could walk on over there like yeah like come through come for a visit and like he set everything up for me um you know god bless him he did everything for me back back then so i went there summer of 2019 um i had to to wait for a little bit because you know the whole transition transfer thing is sometimes it's tough and then i also just graduated my undergrad so I literally drove from East Carolina straight to State College that summer because I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be out of East Carolina and you know play again. Mm-hmm. So I went there um, summer, and then um, I had a couple of weeks to get comfortable with the environment and you know just walking around the campus and the facility was like amazing. I was like, damn, like, this is amazing. You know, yeah, one of the best. One of the best, absolutely. And then. So I continued to stay in contact with um, the guys there and then, and as well as the coaching staff and, you know, uh, and then things, I guess things sometimes just don't pan out and I, some, something came up again. So what, what year, what year was that? Uh, 2019. That would have been yeah. my first year of grad school. So what eventually happened was um, my academic advisor at the time, you know, I was all accepted into school, this and that. Then they were like, yeah, you know, like you being a latecomer, we just don't have the scholarship for you academically. And I was already going walking on as a um, walk-on uh, in, the grad, uh, in the grad program. So I couldn't afford that. I was just <laughs> I just go home, man. I, I, I was, that was another depressing time. So I, it was like slowly climbing up the peak and then crashing back down again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There goes my dream of playing college football. Mm-hmm. But you're, but what's so inspiring though, about your story is you're, you're still going, you know, despite everything that's happened. Right. You've, I mean, you've even gone so far as to get some media publicity from, from your situation, you know, being the, the full Filipino in the in the NFL or CFL, whatever whatever you make it to, so how did that come about? Did it, did someone at the gym that you work out at tell a reporter, and that's how it worked out, or what happened there? Right. So uh, at the time, so after Penn State didn't work out, um, I kind of just like continued to um, you know train and continue to see what happens, and um, you know word word of mouth just started going out, so. I started getting interviews from Fox and then uh, people from back home in the Philippines. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I'd, um, obviously, I'm going to do that interview. 
but at the same time, I was like, damn, I'm, I don't feel like I deserve this because I didn't play or do anything in college at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me to be in that situation was definitely humbling. But at the same time, it was like, you know, I still haven't done anything. So I got to continue to prove myself. Right. Well, I th- and the thing that's even, you know, equally as important, though, is now that there's been so much publicity around you back in the Philippines, like just think about how many kids you're inspiring to play absolutely american just football to say that yeah you know so regardless of what happens i'm sure there's some kids over there that are picking up a football and right. seeing you on tv or in the newspaper and trying to be like you you know right. so the more the longer you stay motivated and try to chase whatever dreams you got going on i mean you're just yeah. you're just helping the next generation as well so props yeah, to you, do, do you have any plans of going over to the philippines and doing any like football talks or talking to the youth about this about the game or anything like that um for me right now at least at least the next couple of years i just want to focus with you know trying to make it because like i don't want to like for me like i have this i've always had this thing where like i don't want to go back without not making it first mm-hmm. like, I want to, like sure. first and then show them that like hey look anything's possible mm-hmm. so we're almost out of time I, we have we end every episode with five yeah. Yeah. with five quick quick questions and i want to get to that but before i do um you recently had one of your instagram reels pop off mm-hmm. T- before we get into the questions tell me about that what was that just like a video did you not expect that you know i can't imagine that you did but uh, have you gotten any like publicity from that were people reaching out to you and like dming you like oh my god it's going crazy yeah absolutely i didn't know it was gonna blow up i just posted that thing like i don't know i'm not the biggest social media guy i don't have mm-hmm. tiktok i don't have twitter so i just posted that because someone told me like yo you should start posting your training videos i'm like that's yeah that's cool i'll do it and <laughs> i don't know i just started like getting likes and likes and then um like i you know people are reaching out to me like a couple of NFL guys and then you know like it was cool to see chris tucker follow me i'm like oh that's my guy <laughs> And then, um, yeah, like I didn't expect it, and I'm still trying to learn the whole social media thing. But yeah, that's a crazy, that's a crazy machine that you were on, dude. If, if that's like homemade, was that homemade? Was that a with a with a <laughs> pad attached to it. Um, it's not homemade. I think it's made by Treadslad or something like that. And then, um, like okay. the the company. And then, like doing that drill was actually pretty tough. Like I would say, <laughs> me and like probably one other guy can only do it in that facility and you know like my trainer always preached that if you could do it on this thing on the field it's gonna be a breeze so right and also the craziest part about the video was i was just experimenting dude like i didn't even know like it was gonna blow up like that i was just like all right let me see i'm gonna try this drill real quick and then i posted it and like i guess people saw a dude with a helmet and shirtless so they're like all right <laughs> just kept going <laughs> yeah you look absolutely ripped in that video <laughs> it's so. a mixture of a of a motivational and thirst trap all in one video <laughs> exactly it's That's hilarious. Calm, like, yeah. I know, dude. <laughs> all right cool let's let's finish it out with mm-hmm. just five rapid fire questions mm-hmm. i think it's i think it's only right that we start with this one just because i saw i think it was today that someone won the two billion dollars mm-hmm. Dude, I bought Battery tickets four separate times. Yeah. You did? I, I yeah. <laughs> probably spent like 30 bucks on tickets. So yeah. so the first question is the first question is if you had a hundred million dollars mm-hmm. tomorrow, mm-hmm. well if you won a hundred million dollars tomorrow, what would you do with it? And why? I would say 20% going to my family. 
Thirty percent is going back home in the Philippines to help people out, and mm-hmm. the other thirty will be just for investments, and then the other twenty will just be for fun. So basically, <laughs> that's um, probably the most accurate answer. Like the most broken down. Yeah, most answer. people are like, say random shit. That was good. That was, right. <laughs> yeah, that like was well thought out. I'll yeah. buy a house and a car. Yeah. yeah. For me, uh, not, I just want to help people out, like everyone around me, and also people back home. Yeah, give back. Yeah. What's the what's the craziest thing you've had a coach do during a game or practice? Uh, I would say the first time I got spazzed because I ran the wrong gap. I was like, damn, like coaches actually could do this. my face, like, what the are you doing, man? Like, are you crazy? And like, dang. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. Not <laughs> too. It's just yeah. I, like, oh, shock. I think yeah. that's, I think, it, I mean, it obviously depends on the coach, but like growing up in, in Japan, my high school basketball coach didn't really overreact. And I got to college and me and Mac went to the same college and you know, right. our college coach, he can, he can flip out. So like, it was a culture shock for me as well. So you're definitely not alone in that. Um, what do you want to do when your athletic career comes to an end? Um, for me, it's just to help people out. I'm currently a uh, personal trainer right mm-hmm. now, and I want to open nice. my own private practice um, to help the younger and also the older adults um, just, you know, achieve their fitness goals. That's sick. Um, if you could change one foot, one rule about football, what would it be and why? I'd have to say back then the transfer rule because that really messed me up. But yeah. it, already changed, it already got changed, so that transfer rule really messed me up. Like, yeah. I wish now... Like it was like now it's so easy to transfer now, you know what I mean. But back then it, it was hard because once you're on campus, you're it's impossible for you to play right away or like quickly. So. And that's easily applicable to your situation, so that makes sense why you would want to chase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I also want to sneak in something there. Also, the roughing the passer. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been pretty soft these days. So I was we're getting that. we're getting kind of lenient on that one. Yeah. I agree. Looking like a true defensive player. Yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> all right is it was that four or three i think that was four mm-hmm. i don't know man just all right <laughs> last 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 one i like to end on this one what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten uh best piece of advice i would have to say uh from my current uh my current coach right now my trainer uh his name is frank a breakout athlete and he kind of just told me you know like it's easy to quit. Everyone's a quitter. Everyone loves to quit. It's the easiest thing to do. But are you going to be the person that is not going to quit?